Hi there and welcome to Global Heart Church. Uh, I'm Jared Keane, the senior pastor, and wherever you are tuning in from around the world today, really, really hope and pray that in our planning of this message that it's going to really inspire you for the great journey that you are on and uh, for the great calling that you have in your own life. So enjoy the message and really pray that it's a blessing to you today. Hey, I've got a message that I want to share with everyone this morning. The title of my message is, Are You in the Center? Are you in the center? There we go. Are you in the center? And we're going to read from 1 Peter chapter 5, verses 8 to 9. It's going to come up on the screens. It says this. Stay alert. Watch out for your great enemy, the devil. He prowls around like a roaring lion looking for someone to devour. Stand firm against him and be strong in your faith. Remember that your family of believers all over the world is going through the same kind of suffering that you are. I want to let you know from the outset, and Pastor Jerry has been sharing this over the last couple of weeks as well, but there is a real enemy against your life. The devil is, is not for you having a great future. And I don't say that to scare you or for you to leave here worried this morning, but that's the reality of our lives. We've got a God who loves us, who's for us, who gave his life for us so that we could be set free. And on the opposite side of that, we've got an enemy who does not want us to flourish and doesn't want us to live a good life. And the enemy's plan is to devour us and to cause us real and lasting harm. You know, this word in that scripture that we saw, it says the devil looks around looking for someone to devour. This word devour in the Greek, the Bible's written in, in the New Testament, written in Greek, and this word in the Greek is this word katapean, or katapean. I don't speak Greek, so apologies if you do, and I've said that wrong this morning. But this word katapean actually literally means to swallow or to drown. So the, 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 the essence of that word is to swallow or to drown. So really, the enemy wants to drown your future does not want you to live a great life. And all the plans and the dreams that you've got for your life, the enemy wants to drown that and to swallow that future. So the scripture says we need to stay alert, be aware, and to stand firm in the faith. And Pastor Edward was saying, you know, I've been a Christian now for nearly 20 years. I've been in church, this church, my whole life. And what I've seen over many years, not just in our church, but in other churches as well, is people who are on the fringes of things in church, people who aren't in the center, people who are casual about their relationship with God and casual about being a part of the church family, it's a dangerous place to be in. And you might have heard this saying, casual Christians become Christian casualties. Casual Christians can become Christian casualties. It's dangerous to be casual with our relationship with God and our commitment and our priorities in coming to church and being a part of the church. We need to get serious and make it a priority to be in the house of God and be a part of what's happening. Amen? Amen. So if I had like a subtitle, if my title was, Are You in the Center? The subtitle would be, Connecting in to the Life of the Church. So are you, into, are you in the center? Are you in the middle of what's happening? Are you connecting in to the life of the church? And really in this season that we're in in life, 
where there's so much uncertainty. You know, never have I been alive where you haven't been able to travel or no one's, you know, we've locked Australia off to the west of the world. That's never happened before, right? I've never experienced that. You know, there's so much uncertainty. You know, you don't know if this week or next week we're going in and out of lockdown. There's so much uncertainty with life and it can cause us when we are unsure to pull away and to isolate ourselves and to disconnect with what's happening because of fear and other things. And, and it's so crucial for us in this time to connect in to the life of the church, amen? You know, and I'm, I'm still reeling off this heart for the house season, right? I know it's uh, about six or eight weeks ago, but I'm, I'm excited because in Lusaka, we've just taken up our heart for the house offering. And we set this target, which we thought, you know, it's double than what we've ever set before. We really believe that we're going to reach this target. We stepped out in faith and we set this goal. We actually have gone, we've tripled what we've ever done before, right? Which is amazing. It's fantastic. We are so blessed. And it reminds me again of the power of the church, the power of what God can do in and through the local church, the power of God that's manifested through us meeting together. And so I really want to ask you the question, what did you think of church before you became a Christian? What did you think church was like before you became a Christian? I always thought church was a nice building. Like you heard, I didn't come from a Christian home. I didn't know much about God. I actually didn't even know who Jesus was. It was foreign to me and I was too embarrassed to ask because everyone else knew who Jesus was. I was like, well, I'm not going to ask now. It's too far gone. I'm just not going to ask. And uh, I didn't know church. I didn't know anything like that. You know, not good. I didn't know if it was good or bad. I just didn't know. But I saw church and I saw them as buildings and I knew people that went to church. And I always just thought church was something that people had to go to, something where it's they went to, but it had no real substance to me. Just was a building, but didn't mean anything to me. I don't know if anyone can relate to that. You know, it, it was something, but I didn't really know what it was. But as I've come to church, as I've given my life to God and grown in my relationship with God, when I start to look at church now, Jesus said that, in 2,000 years ago, Jesus said that he would build his church. And what he meant by that, what, what he meant by church was a people called out from their homes to gather together, to meet together, and to have an impact and an influence on the society around them. So when Jesus said he was going to build his church, he's still building his church now. His church is you and I. It's a people. It's, it's, it's more than... Like I said, just a building. It's not a building. It's a people called out of their homes to have an influence on society. But I also believe it's more than that too. What I found church to be is a place of healing, a place of hope. It's a family. It's somewhere where I can be challenged and encouraged to grow and change. If I'm speaking to someone here, give me an amen or something. It's a place where I'm able to develop, learn where my life can be restored, where it has been restored somewhere where I can make lifelong friends, somewhere where, somewhere I can meet my beautiful wife, somewhere where a place where I can raise my family. Now I've got my two girls, somewhere I can raise them in a house. And it's the place where I've become the, the man that I am today, now having an impact around the world. This is the church, right? And I love this. And I thought, you know, speaking about my girls, I thought maybe some of you haven't seen them for a while. They're, they're in and out of creche. 
But Lisa and I love, you know, teaching them songs and singing and dancing and have the music on in the house and in the car. Sometimes they say, no, daddy's phone instead of my singing, which I don't get offended by that. They know it sounds better on the phone, right? But we're teaching them as they go to bed. We sing, you know, Jesus loves me, this I know, for the Bible tells me. So we sing them that song, right? Who else sings their kids that song? Yep, three people. What a great church we're a part of. Anyone else sung that song to their kids? There we go, a bit better. But we sing them this song. But I, what I love about the church is they, we can bring them to a place where they're encouraged even more in the things that we're doing at home. So we've sung them that song. And then we got home the other week and I was listening to them sing it. And then I'm seeing them do actions and, and sing with some gusto. And I thought, why don't you have a look at how good our church is teaching our kids these sorts of things? emotional cheapers oh that's so nice eh? he is strong where did she get that from oh, I really touched eh? so that's I'm just having a you know a parent moment right there but I love that I'm raising my girls in a place where they get to grow up knowing that Jesus loves them too you know I didn't know that when I grew up Well, so I want to encourage you today. I want to ask you the question again. Are you in the center? Are you in the center of what God is doing in the church? Because I know, and I'm talking from experience, that when you're in the center, it's the only place where you can grow and flourish and become all that God's got for your life. Amen? Amen. So today I thought I would share just three quick points just to help us, you know, reiterate or, or to reinforce this fact uh, and asking you the question, are you in the center? Are you connecting in to the life of the church? So my first point this morning is church is made up of people, not buildings. We've kind of harped on this topic a little bit. But like I said, church is not something that you go to. I think we need to get a paradigm shift in this, in this area, right? Church is not something that you go to, but church is something that you're a part of and something that you are helping to build. So church is not something that we go to, but it's something that you are a part of and helping to build. And I want to say that you are a key part of this house, and you, you have a key part to play in church. Now, 1 Corinthians 12, verse 14 to uh, 27, is quite a long bit of scripture. We're going to read this together. It says, But our bodies have many parts, and God has put each part just where He wants it. How strange a body would be if it only had one part. Yes, there are many parts, but only one body. The eye can never say to the hand, I don't need you. The head can't say to the feet, I don't need you. In fact, some parts of the body that seem weakest and least important are actually the most necessary. 
And the parts we regard as less honorable are those we clothe with the greatest care. So we carefully protect those parts that should not be seen, while the more honorable parts do not require this special care. So God has put the body together such that extra honor and care are given to those that have less dignity. This makes for harmony among the members so that all the members care for each other. How good is that? If one part suffers, all the parts suffer with it. And if one part is honored, all the parts are glad. All of you together are Christ's body and each of you is a part of it. Like I said, many people like, have this idea like I did, that church is a building uh, and a beautiful building. And I believe, yes, church should be a beautiful building like what we have here. We've got fantastic facilities to make people feel welcome and at home when they come to church. And I think that's very important. But if the goal of a church is to look good but have no substance, then we've missed the point. And I love that we're a part of a church that is not like that, right? Church is more than just a building. It's God's precious possession. It's His people, a place where everyone is welcome, where everyone brings something and everyone has a part to play. You know, I love that our church is made up of people of all different backgrounds, all different walks of life, all different cultures and heritages, that people can come, yet we all play our part to make church what it is. No matter what's gone on in your life, whether it's been good, bad, we've had a great upbringing, not so great, maybe you've struggled in life, it doesn't actually matter. When you come into the building, you are welcome. And everyone, each part, like in the body, has a certain role in building the house of God. Don't think your part any less of anyone else's. Don't think of yourself too highly than anyone else's. We are all playing our part. You know, I try and tell our church in Lusaka, don't elevate me as the pastor. In, our, in African culture, you know, it's very common to elevate the man of God or the woman of God and put them on a pedestal. I'm trying to say, hey, don't elevate me. Pray for me. I would love the prayers. Pray for Lisa and I. Pray for Pastor Jared and Sue. Pray for our vision team. Pray for our leaders. Yes, 100%. But we are all people, each playing our part to build God's house. Amen? Come on. All of us have a part to play. 1 Corinthians 3 verse 16, I love this scripture. It says, don't you realize that all of you together are the temple of God and the Spirit of God lives in you? Listen to that again. All of you together are the temple of God and the Spirit of God lives in you. You might be thinking, why am I an important part of the church? You might be thinking there in your seat, how, how can you call me an important part of the church? I'm not doing what you're doing or I'm not doing what that person is doing. I want to let you know that you're important because you take the reality of God wherever you go. You take the presence of God into your workplace, into your university, into your family, into the, the school that you work in. Wherever it is that you go, you carry God's presence ready to give it out whenever it's needed. You can take the good news of Jesus wherever you go. And I pray that we would be a church that comes each week not just to receive, to feel good, but we would come to be encouraged, to be inspired, to be strengthened, to then go out and have an impact in our society. It's not about glorifying a few people on stage, but it's about all of us playing our part to take the good news of Jesus out into our world, into the places where none of us could get to, but where you can get to. You know, to your friends, to your family, to the people that you do life with. So it shouldn't just be a few of us Rather, everyone doing their own little bit 
to, and, and, and you know, I really believe that as you do that, you will discover your destiny. As you come in and get fueled up and fired up, get in the center of what's going on and realize that you play a part, it will actually unlock you walking into the destiny that God's got for your life. And I only say that because that's what's happened in my life. Hasn't been the smoothest road for me, but as I've just kept coming and trusting in God, God starts to unlock things in my life and I've been able to discover, and I'm just on the journey of that, discovering what God's got for my life. And I love this. When you're in the center, you are trained by Christ to be more like Christ. When you're in the center, you're trained by Christ to become more like Him. Ephesians 4 verse 15 to 16 says, we will hold to the truth in love, becoming more and more in every way like Christ, who is the head of his body, the church. Under his direction, the whole body is fitted together perfectly. As each part does its own special work, it helps the other parts grow so that the whole body is healthy and growing and full of love. You know, let's be planted. Let's, you know, like I said in that initial scripture in the King James Version, it actually says, but God has set the members, each one of them in in the body, just as he pleased. God has set you in this house. If you're here, if you're saying, this is my home, realize that God has set you here and he's got a part for you to play. He's looking for all of us to play our part. You know, if you're in the center of God's will, if you're in the center of the church, then you can do some things to help the body grow. Do you want to know what they are? Okay, so you can come and be at church regularly. That's something that you can do to help the body grow. Just you being here adds to the atmosphere, so you can do that. You can be friendly and welcoming. I'm not sure if these are supposed to come up on the screen to help you remember. Yes, you can be friendly and welcoming. You can love the people around you. You can come prepared and engaged in what's happening. So when we come to times of prayer and worship, you're not just sitting in spectator mode, but you're coming ready to engage in what's happening. You can sacrifice, you know, your time and your giving and your energy into what's going on. That can help build the church and you can bring others along with you. So it's not just about us, but you can bring others and reach out to those people in your world and bring them. And you don't have to get them to keep coming to church. You can just allow God to do that. That's what happened. Someone bought me and then I was impacted and I was like, no, this is where I'm going to be and this is what I'm going to do. So we can do that. So you have a key part to play. All right, my second point is this, is God's house is a healthy family. You know, if you're in the center, you'll understand this. Church is a place where we belong, first to Christ and then to others. You know, church is a place where you can find out your identity. You can find who you're destined to be and who you've been created to be. You know, in a world that's craving belonging and identity, this is a place where you can realize that you're a son and daughter of the living God. A son and daughter of the living God. You know, God's plan has always been to adopt us into his family through the work of Jesus. Ephesians 1 verse 4 to 5 says, Before he made the world, God loved us and chose us in Christ to be holy and without fault in his eyes. God decided in advance to adopt us into his own family by bringing us to himself through Jesus Christ. This is what he wanted to do, and it gave him great pleasure. God's plan has always been to adopt you in to his family. And if you're not in the center, I don't believe you'll find your identity 
or your value that you find in Christ. If you're not in the center, you'll always be doubting. You know, am I a part of this? Am I loved? Am I a son or a daughter? But when you're in the center, those doubts start to get quelled. You start to know that you are loved and that there's people around you that love you and care for you. You know, so let's be in the center and that's when we will flourish. Amen. You know, so here, you know, I've been, is being in Lusaka, you know, I have a great family here. Got great mum and dad, Lisa's parents, great family as well. I'm surrounded by great family here in Perth. But in Lusaka, I see a whole different side of family, which I've never seen before. And the value that's placed on family and community in Zambia, and I know in other African nations as well, is, is huge. It's amazing. And, and, and as I've seen that, it's reminded me again that church has a, is a place which can be a healthy family. And maybe for you, you've never, you know, had a healthy family. And so you bring that into your church setting where you're like, I, I, I don't like my family. And so I don't want to be a part of what's going on here. I just want to do, you know, sit there and then I want to go home. And I just want to encourage you, don't allow that to bring in to your church experience or your, or your life at church. Open yourself up. Be a part of what's going on and allow others to care for you and to help you on the journey. Amen? Come on. So here's three quick little things. Healthy families communicate and spend time together. You know, if you might be thinking, how can I, you know, be a part of what's going on? Well, let's communicate and spend time with one another. You know, meeting at church, connect groups, serving in God's house. We believe if you can do these things... It will help you be a part and be planted and be in the center. Healthy families love and nurture each other. You know, it's hard to be nurtured when you're not around. It's hard to be loved and cared for when you're not here. You know, I just want to, you know, probably the people that need to hear this aren't here this morning. But you can tell them, you know, I love you. And I'm just kidding a little bit, just a little bit. But uh, so if we get in the middle... We can allow the family to be a part of your journey of growing and changing. Amen. So I, I pray that this message would inspire you to, to get into the middle. You know, and healthy families protect and speak well of each other. Healthy families protect and speak well of each other. I want to encourage you, let's constantly speak well of each other and of our church. If we're in the center, we will protect each other. We will care for one another. We will protect our house and we won't speak badly about it. Amen. And my last point is this as the band comes up to help me. In God's house, we will flourish. In God's house, we will flourish. In the center, you will flourish. When we allow our roots to go down in church, it's guaranteed that we grow. When we let our roots go down in church, it's guaranteed that we'll grow. Maybe not right away, but it's guaranteed that you will grow if you put your roots down in church. Not because I believe it, not because a few people say it, because Scripture says the righteous, in Psalm 92, says the righteous will flourish like a palm tree. They will grow like a cedar of Lebanon, planted in the house of the Lord. They will flourish in the courts of our God. They will still bear fruit in old age. They will stay fresh and green and gold. Sorry, uh, too much Olympics. They will stay fresh and green. <laughs> if you're planted, if you're in the center, I want to tell you, you will flourish. Like I said, it might not happen straight away, but if I guarantee if you commit to being in the center, to getting your roots go down in, deep in church and doing those things, like I said, playing your part, 
you will flourish. Now, I've been trying to flourish. I'm trying to constantly flourish. Over the last 20 years, I've been trying to flourish. Lisa and I have tried to flourish, but we've chosen to be planted in God's house. We've chosen as best as we can to get planted and to be in, to be in the center. And I haven't made it yet. I'm still on the journey. All of us are still on the journey. But being on the journey, being planted in the house of the God, there's so much strength in being planted. I get emotional watching my girls because I think if I can make that decision for me, then it's going to have an impact in them and it's going to have an impact in their children and in their children. If I make that decision right now, you know, and I want to encourage you, you know, it, many times in nature, I used to work for my dad and I would see in, in the garden, my dad's got his own, you know, gardening, lawn mowing and, and, and landscaping business. Well, he's kind of still doing it. He's getting a bit older now, but he's still trying to work hard, you know. And so when I used to work with him for about 10 years, I would always see the principles of God worked out in nature. If you think about it, right, the principles of God are always worked out in nature. If you buy say a rose bush or a rose plant, rose seeds or whatever it is, and you start watering that and nurturing that and it's potted in a plant and you are giving it sunlight and you're, you're feeding it and watering it and taking care of it, you would expect it to grow, right? But if you took that same one and just kept repotting it and not looking after it and not caring for it and not nurturing it, you would not expect that rose bush to flourish. It's the exact same for our lives in our walk with God. If we keep uprooting ourselves from place to place, from relationship to relationship and never let our roots grow down deep and we never nurture our spiritual walk and never, you know, take care of it and feed it, we can't expect to grow and flourish. But if we get in the center, we know that God will make us flourish in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you so much for joining us online today. Really great to have you with us and special thanks to those also who give online. Your generosity is making the way for others to hear the message of Jesus both here in Australia and around the world. If you enjoyed today's message, I'd love to encourage you to share this message with a friend, a workmate, a family member. And let's believe together that it will powerfully impact their life for good in Jesus' name. If you're unable to be with us at one of our church locations, uh, both here in Australia and around the world, please join us online every Sunday for Global Heart at Home on YouTube. God bless and have a great week.